We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome to another edition of Kilkenny Today. Beautiful, gorgeous day we've been having here in Kilkenny. Uh, albeit we've been windy, we've been cloudy, but it's lovely to have that warmth outside, so it doesn't matter if there's a wee bit of a breeze and there's no, not that much of a really strong direct sunshine. No, don't get too burnt out there anyway, which is good. Uh, although anybody with a bit of pollen sensitivity, I'm sure you have to be taking care of yourself, particularly with so much wind blowing around. I hope everything is going okay for you. Now, later on on today's show, uh, towards the end of the show, we're going to be hearing from on Garda Shikana Inspector Anthony Farrell. He'll be talking to us about um, the uh, plans for speed monitoring over the weekend, um, particularly given it's a bank holiday weekend. We're just starting, of course. I hope you enjoy the long weekend. Uh, those of you who are off uh, and able to enjoy it, um, in the middle of the show, then, we'll be hearing from a group of podcasters from young Irish filmmakers who have been taken to podcasting in sort of in response to being confined to quarters during the pandemic restrictions. Um, uh, we'll be hearing from them later on. I did have a chat with them yesterday, actually, so it's a recorded conversation. But we'll bring you that towards the middle of the show. Um, no parish news today, of course, as usual. We'll get that back to you as soon as churches start to open, which I think is going to be around July 12th or that phase of lifting of the restrictions. Of course, there was the one church up there in uh, Guardian Angels Church in Black Rock in Dublin, very close to where I used to live before we moved down here. Um, and that church did open its doors for a while. But I think um, my best way to say it might be got a little bit of a wrap of, on the knuckles from the Archdiocese of Dublin for doing so. But anyway, um, I think formerly churches will be starting to open again on July 12th. So hopefully we'll be able to bring you some parish news at around that time, or maybe as a little bit of a lead into it. We'll see. Um, of course, Brendan Boyer, late, uh, great Brendan Boyer, passed away, died earlier on, uh, was at least it was announced today. Um, lots and lots of people, I'm sure loads and loads of our listeners um, would have loved hearing Brendan Boyer over the years. With, of course, Hucklebuck and all sorts of other tunes he did. A uh, really, really popular performer and, of course, seemed to have carved out an amazing niche for himself, I think, in Las Vegas and lots of residencies over there and got on really, really well over there. Probably is as popular over in Las Vegas as he ever was in Ireland. But, um, rest in peace, anyway. Um, Brandon Boyer and our sympathies and condolences go out to his, his family and friends. Now, uh, to start off with today's show, I do remember it, this uh, first item reminds me of about 25 years ago when uh, my youngest or my eldest son was about two years of age and we were having a painter in doing some painting around the house and said painter, whose name was Kenneth, uh, took a cigarette break at one point while he was working away and our two-year-old came into us and said, Mommy, 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 Kenneth Moke Bacco. Um, so yeah, indeed, Kenneth was having an old cigarette and our eldest was a little bit horrified at the time. Still lots and lots of people smoking 25 or so years later. And indeed, um, this Sunday, 31st of May, is World Health Organization's World No Tobacco Day and uh, coincides very nicely with an initiative that the HSE is rolling out, in particular down here in the southeast, called Supporting Pregnant Women to Quit and Stay Quit. And um, it's it's been launched a few months ago. But joining us to tell us about that and other health promotion-related matters, I suppose, is Kate Cassidy, who's a health and wellbeing promotion officer with the HSE Southeast. So, good afternoon, Kate, and I hope you didn't mind that long-winded introduction. 
No, that was nice. That was nice. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. It's lovely. To, children will always cut to the cut to the heart of the issue, won't they? And make no bones about it. Yes, lots of people would say to me, oh, no, I smoke outside. They don't know I smoke. They know people are smoking. They know if when people come back in that they've had a cigarette. They're very bright and bubbly and know exactly what's going on. And funnily enough, World No yeah. Tobacco Day theme this year is youth and tobacco. And the biggest protection a young person has of not smoking is not growing up in smoke. Mm, I can well believe that, yeah, because you do yeah. tend to or children do tend to copy the behaviours of the adults yes. that they are in close contact with all the time. Yes. Yeah, and so, yeah, I suppose the more the more that message can get can uh, hit home with children and get embedded with children, the less likelihood it is there'll be of adult um, smoking. But I yes. suppose the, the supporting pregnant women to quit and stay quit um, is a particular initiative um, around lots of initiatives, I think, that the HSE have coming and going around um, promotion of um, giving up smoking. So just tell us about that that particular one. So this particular um, project is a Sloan to Care funded project where they looked at initiatives that would have a slightly different theme than the normal everyday work that we deliver. So we picked the specific area of pregnancy and smoking because you have so many health benefits to gain by looking after a pregnant woman and her extended family. So you have already extended family and the baby and the long term health gains are huge. So we got it over the line and there's a full team in SCCH behind this project. I just happen to be the lucky person who manages it and we have our CEO, Kate Killiam White, Derville Howley Health of Health and Wellbeing, the PMO office, combined with all the services in the southeast around the maternity units, primary care practice nurses, even pharmacists because a lot of women are proactive and want to get themselves ready for a healthy pregnancy. So anybody who interacts, interacts with a, a, preg- a woman planning to become pregnant pregnant or afterwards, we are asking to support us in implementing this project. <clears throat> so how does, um, how does it get rolled out and how does, it, how does a woman um, participate in the programme? Okay, so we're working with the four maternity hospitals, so it should be kind of fairly safe to say that a pregnant woman is going to end up there at some stage, and some people choose to have their care in the community, and that's why we work with practice nurses and GPs. And every woman has a booking-in scan, and at that booking-in scan, they will be asked by their health care provider their smoking status. And that's no different than having their blood blood pressure checked, having their blood sugar checked, smoking is a considered vital sign. So it's just to find out how we can support them. If they smoke, then they are offered a referral into the services. And we have clinics set up that are easy to access at the moment. We're using the primary care units, which are fabulous buildings. And the person mm. is referred into that. And then they're contacted by someone in our team. We have a... Um, health promotion officer called David at the moment in the Washford Wexford area and in June we are appointing the Carlo Kenny South Tipperary health promotion officer and he will be in place then but we're looking after all areas now and I take the referrals and David takes the referrals so, so in the interim for um, women in, in and around Kilkenny that might be listening to us here, Kate, do they need to contact you or one of your colleagues or something to book in to, uh, to make yeah. an appointment to get involved? Yeah, if they talk to the healthcare professional, they'll give them a referral 
or they can defer, they can refer themselves directly into us. Our two phone numbers are there on your draft statement, or if you you know mm-hmm. if you want me to go through to my will, um, they can refer uh, directly sure, into yeah, us. I'll, I'll call them out later on. Yeah, or they can talk to a healthcare provider who will know about this project and they will refer them in. Everybody is accepted. We are delighted mm. that the midwives are working with us, GPs, and what we like to deliver is a service what the woman needs to quit smoking, not what we think she needs. It's their yeah. plan. It's their way of getting there. We do have some evidence. We do have some motivational interview, interviewing techniques that we use to support them. But, you know, more than 50% of the people, we have more than 100 people in the program started three months ago. And out of the people who entered the program, more than 50% have quit smoking for longer than four weeks. And some people are gone past their 12 week date. And that's very indicative oh, of long term quit attempt. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose that the fact that every touch point that that woman would have or that all those women would have with yes. the health services gives them a yes. reinforcing message and keeps the encouragement going must um, yes. augur quite well for, for them to be able to keep going all the way through their pregnancy and beyond indeed uh, without That's smoking. That's it because it's really important that after pregnancy that the woman says quit which is why we include their extended family. If you're yeah. in a house where other people are smoking it's really difficult to keep up your resilience so we you know, support them by supporting the extended family as well. And we've had lovely examples of couples who have quit together. And, you know, it changes some part of the relationship too when somebody gets involved in an attempt where you're trying to make a lifestyle change and support you to do it. So there's only positive wins from this uh, mm. programme. Mm. And of course, people like, and I think smokers would probably know better than anybody else, um, any, any smoker who's able to give it up would probably save a fortune. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, up to, up to 20 euro a day. People don't go into the shop and just buy the packet of cigarettes. Like people talk about their hand in over 15, 16 euro. And yet it's the health benefits that really, you know, the people go after when money is a factor and it does keep people in the poverty trap who smoke. But Mm. when people give up, what they talk about is the freedom of not having to be a slave to something that was determining every minute of their day, the stress that came when they weren't able to get a cigarette. So cigarette smoking doesn't alleviate stress, it actually causes stress. And anyone who ever smoked will tell you that. Yeah, and you know, um, Kate, you, you very often hear, I mean, I know from my own wife, a dear wife who had three children all those years ago, um, you know, you, you talk about very lots of women who talk about cravings that they'd get in pregnancy. Now, whether they smoke or not um, is neither here nor there in a way, but do, does does trying to give up cigarettes uh, as well while being pregnant, does it, does it introduce something else in the way of that legendary craving um, that you have to try and manage and be aware of? No, I mean, the, the withdrawals from no, nicotine good. is the same for, for everybody, which is a very short-lived withdrawal. But people, it's the physical addiction to cigarettes that causes the problem because the mind is prompted to continue a behaviour. You have your cup of coffee and they remember, well, I used to have a cigarette with, with this. That's a very temporary feeling, but it can be intrusive in the early days of giving up smoking. 
And I suppose you, you're you're probably well versed, given that you have so many women involved in the program, and indeed their their partners and spouses and others in their households. Um, uh, on uh, well up to speed with being able to support a woman through and their partners through giving up cigarettes without kind of laying any kind of guilt trip on them for for being smokers in the first place, which I'm sure yes. is is, is uh, vitally important to do. Yes, and we know that up to twenty percent of women entering the service when asked are the smokers hide the fact because of the stigma that's there. You know, people are educated to know that smoking is not good when you're pregnancy, or at least that's the talk. But if you're addicted to nicotine, sometimes it's a very difficult, it's one of the heaviest addictions out there. So we want to dispel anybody to feel that they're going to be judged around this situation, which is why we welcome everybody into the service. Mm. And most people delivered in healthcare now work out of a place where they want to give the best support they can and you know it's a non-judgmental service yeah and i suppose one of the, the knock-on benefits you know after um, the woman has had her, her baby or babies and uh, there's a, a smoke-free household is and there's no risk and no health risks then from passive smoking no because passive smoking does affect, I mean, nicotine, we say, is a harmless drug. It's the smoke that does the damage because it's that that contains the chemicals and the carbon monoxide. But nicotine, babies are sensitive to nicotine because they have a very fast heart rate anyway, and nicotine increases that heart rate. So it is associated with some effects in in babies. And even in houses where people, uh, you know, they've done loads of studies to show that babies who are not directly in the room with the smoke can be affected by the byproducts of tobacco smoke. So everybody wants yeah. to give well, the that- best to their baby. Yeah, and that makes me wonder, actually, Kate. When you mentioned about that, is um, where does the, what's the attitude then within the program or within generally within health promotion um, professionals like yourselves to uh, to things like patches and vaping? Oh yeah, so okay, so the patch is completely different than vaping. So anything that's licensed to support people to quit smoking is so. What is licensed in Ireland is nicotine replacement therapy. So you're given back some amount of nicotine which is the harmless drug, and that comes in patches, inhalers, gum, and microtabs. And that is absolutely licensed, and your medics, and you can get it over the counter. Now, the vaping is different in that we don't have enough evidence there yet to say that it's completely safe because we don't know all the products that are in it, and it's not licensed, licensed as a quitting agent. However... We do see the efforts that people are making by switching to vaping, so we support them with smoking as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to, to summarise, and before we, we let you go then, like this, the supporting pregnant women to quit and stay quit is really just one of, of a series of health promotion initiatives that you've got going under the overall Slauncha Care banner. Yes. And just before we let you go, Brickley, is, are there any, any other particular ones that you'd like to highlight for us in, about, you know, in, in the next minute or so? Yes, so my colleague Kate O'Connor has a Living Well program, which is um, a support for people living with chronic diseases. And she has a number of groups set up around the Southeast Community Healthcare. And that gives people the skills to take care of themselves, especially in, in the times we're in with COVID 19. We're having to look at different platforms to get that information out there to people, but we want people to feel. So that's a second Sloan yeah. Care project. But the health 
and wellbeing department are always looking at Healthy Ireland, what keeps us well, because we know it's easier to stay well than get well. And anybody who mm. develops a chronic disease will very quickly tell you that. So we look at physical activity, nutrition, alcohol and smoking station, the lifestyles that keep us well. So we're out there promoting people to stay well. Yeah, well, it's great to see that these aspects of Slaunch Care are gradually um, being um, put in place and hopefully yeah. there, a lot of the rest of Slaunch Care will roll out and uh, will have a very positive effect on our health services, both promotion and indeed cures and uh, treatments and stuff whenever whenever people unfortunately do become ill. Um, yeah. I suppose uh, quit.ie, I believe, is the website where people can find out more. Yes, so we have an, um, a quit.ie and they will direct you into our services as well, but they look after the general public and smoking station and they have um, lots of different media which they can be contacted on. But myself and David have given you the two um, mobile phone numbers there that uh, which you can contact us on or talk sure, to your healthcare provider and they'll refer you in. Great stuff. Look, thanks a million for joining us, Kate. It's been lovely oh, talking you. to you and uh, have, a, have a lovely weekend. It looks like as if you have plenty of sunshine to enjoy over the weekend yes. like the rest of us. And thank you very mm. much for giving me this opportunity to support pregnant women to quit and stay quit. Thank you. You're very welcome, indeed. Thanks Bye-bye. a million, Kate. Thanks Bye. for joining us. All right. And that was Kate Cassidy who, from the HSE, who's a health and wellbeing promotion officer with HSE Southeast here. And she mentioned phone numbers, her own mobile number, 087 six five two nine eight four seven and her colleague david phelan is at zero eight seven one zero nine eight six eight nine um if i can remember i might try and repeat those a bit later on in the show anyway at this time uh, we better take an ad break uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes time with more from kilkenny today and myself morris o'connor in a few minutes uh, do stay with us here in community radio kilkenny city lovely to have you with us as usual text us in zero eight six three five three seven seven eight two if you've got any uh, queries or comments or questions for us we'd love to hear them anyway we'll be back in a couple of minutes time after these We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And welcome back to today's Kilkenny Today. Morris O'Connor with you as usual, of course, on the Friday. And indeed, good morning if you're listening to the repeat on the Monday morning while we're still repeating. And uh, lovely to hear from Paul Sheridan there, that recorded message. Hopefully Paul will be back with this before too long as uh, restrictions ease over the next few weeks. We're kind of well into phase one at the moment, so hopefully it'll move on well from there. Now, Young Irish Filmmakers are a very well-known organisation around town. They've been on the go for a long, long time so far, probably over 20 years by now, doing lots and lots of things, making films, putting on theatre. But recently they've got into making podcasts and they called the podcast series Yifemcast. That's Y-I-F-M-cast. And it's a youth-led podcast that discusses film, music, uh, mental well-being and everything in between, as they say themselves. Now, yesterday afternoon, I managed to get together a bunch of them and uh, I recorded a chat with them over Zoom. And I was joined by Evie O'Brien, Rian O'Keefe, Keelan Donoghue, Raz Jalali, Aaron O'Dee and uh, tech guru Zenith Nicolou. So, um, and indeed also by YIFM's Youth Arts Project Coordinator, Eva Anderson. Now, I started the chat by asking Evie O'Brien how much the YIFMCAST podcast is really a response to the restrictions we're all working under well we actually um we've never like we started um practicing podcasts in filmmakers before you know we started working remotely um so we got a bit of experience there so 
but we actually have done all of our episodes at home remotely so there's been like some difficulties with people's wi-fi's being slow and stuff like that but it, it's, it's working you know yeah, and it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a process to do it together. A little bit of a learning curve like everything else, but probably some great learnings out of it. Um, I had a listen to the, uh, the episode one, and thanks for sharing that with me. Um, it sounded like very kind of, kind of open, just uh, here we are, this is who we are, what we do, what's motivating us. Um, where, where else are the topics going to go, or whichever, which other topics have you covered since you started doing the podcast? Um, other topics that we discussed were um, critically acclaimed films that we loathe, um, and and that, and in that episode we discussed you know certain films that we personally you know don't really like, but has received a lot of rewards. Um, we discussed Titanic, um, uh, Blade Runner, the recent film, and um, etc. Yeah. And yeah, other yes. and other episodes we um, we talked about um, parts of our life that we would like to see in a film. You know, something that happened within our life, um, like for instance, um, if someone, like if one of us was being bullied and we started doing karate and kind of like a rip off of Karate Kid. But but yeah, like like I really, I, I did enjoy that discussion and that was on episode three. Um, each one had very interesting story on, you know, what, what part of their life in the past that they would like to see within a film. Yeah, I heard and the announcement all right of the first one about yeah favorite films to loathe, which sounded intriguing and a different way of doing movie reviews altogether. Um, so obviously moved on to that. The, the response to bullying kind of thing sounds a lot more serious. And do do you all just kind of sit together after doing one podcast and think, okay, what what are we going to do for the next one? Yeah, we do that um, every now and then uh, through um, Google Hangouts. We discuss, you know, you know, um, you know, what are we going to talk about in our next episode and we have a load of notes and different topics that we can go through um, throughout which each episode that we plan mm. and uh, yeah and it's the, the format I think the, your first one on you is about, about around about the 20 minute length is that the, the plan just to keep them to that kind of keep them quite nice and tight and focused and shortish yeah um, we aim for 20 minutes for each of them but obviously it goes over and um, we sometimes say some inappropriate things and we go off topic. So Keelan's our editor for that sort of thing. <laughs> so inappropriate. I, I think I might have heard one bleep, all right, in the, the first episode. Is that what you mean by inappropriate TV? Isn't yes, it? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, I suppose as long as, um, yeah, it's, it's only the odd bleep isn't too bad, I suppose. You have to watch out for, I suppose, for more serious stuff like uh, slander or libel or things like that, particularly if it's going out in any kind of public um, forum. Absolutely. Um, so you, I, I believe as well from listening to the first one that a few of you are kind of had been doing some podcasts already, so you weren't coming to this cold. Yeah, well, yeah, there was certainly like different bits. And, like I had done um, a podcast called Aaron Squared before and different bits and pieces. And it's an interesting medium, you know. It's, it's, um, it's kind of the air of talking, you know. Mm. But, yeah. I often, yeah, there's, so one thing, there's one thing I've often kind of thought about and said it to others about uh, podcasts um, in a way because, you know, it could, so many people, certainly not of my generation, but of your generation, like podcasts are a thing and they're, you know, you all listen to them and you find them wherever you find them and you have them on your devices and you're going around doing whatever you do and you're listening to podcasts. But it's nearly like as if I would see it as, as just your generation's way of con consuming talk 
and discussion, whereas my generation, we would have had talk and discussion over the radio, which is where this interview has gone out. Um, but it's essentially the same thing. It's like just talk radio in a way delivered over a different medium. Yeah, and more, um, yeah, I suppose more options for different uh, levels of taste, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, yeah, I suppose I guess it's, maybe it's down to what it is you, you're kind of, you're trying to do with the podcast. Is it inform, educate, entertain one another or listeners? And speaking of listeners, actually, how's it, how's it been going in terms of listeners and feedback? We haven't received any. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly now it's like uh, in our group, our course, it's our listener and uh, the feedback we get. Yeah. We're going to see if we, can, uh, if we can publicize a bit more and see if we can get like uh, the odd person out maybe from outside of our group. Yeah, you get a widely known name, whether it's locally or nationally or internationally, somebody that you can get a hang a bit of PR on for the podcast and yeah. uh, to a wider audience. Because it does sound like as if you kind of you're you're well able to cover a whole range of quite kind of either from um, quirky to very serious and meaningful kind of topics, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like this month is Mental Health Month, so we've been um, basically doing our episodes around and things you can do to help and stuff like that. Mm. There's, an, there's another aspect that occurs to me about the whole podcast thing is, as well is that um, like a lot of probably pretty much everything else that happens in young Irish filmmakers, um, it's it's massively enhancing in, in terms of life skills and social skills and all sorts of aspects. Isn't it? Yeah, I think this podcast um, really does keep us together, you know, since we're all stuck at home and we have no choice but to be stuck at home and it's very understandable um, especially if you live far away from um, the actual official Young Irish Filmmakers building in Kilkenny. Um, but I do. I think the doing the podcast, you know, like it just keeps us all connected. I think, and it keeps us, you know, doing, you know, what we usually would do before quarantine. You know, doing production really. Yeah, and was it when you when you started off on the road to doing the podcasts? You know, there's so many other social media channels available to you, you know, how did you deliberately think, okay, podcasts is what we want to do. We're not going to go down the route of doing, say, Instagram videos or setting up another YouTube channels for something or, or even doing, you know, God forbid, TikTok challenges or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say podcast was the more available thing for everybody because maybe uh, some of us didn't have like the right equipment to do like videos for YouTube or Instagram and some might have slow internet for doing like live streams, full on live streams mm. to work for that. So podcast recording them up with a uh, with low enough internet with good sound quality and everything like that. And also we need to find like the proper application. We tried a few, but now we're using Zoom, which is the best I think compared to some other ones because yeah, it has yeah. so many options that helps us. Um, this is all part, I believe, anyway, of, um, and if you might be able to tell us a bit more about this, um, what's called Local Training Initiative, which is kind of formally uh, certified to QQI5 by um, the ETB. Um, is the podcast just a kind of an, an optional extra part of it, or is it just that all you guys doing the podcast are all on the one um, LTI um, course? Yeah, so I think with the LTI, I 
what we hope to achieve in, in the space is to obviously leave with your, your certificate of your level five QQI qualification alongside um, an understanding of kind of maybe areas that you want to go into um, and just an, an opportunity to kind of upskill as well. So whether that's kind of on an editing front, um, if that's to do with camera operation skills, if that's maybe having an interest in music and ha finding more spaces to be able to express those interests. And I think um, <laughs> I suppose I can speak to the fact I felt maybe a little bit guilty because I was like, lads, there's so much time in the summer to do all these practical skills. All you have to do is this bit of coursework. And then obviously COVID came along um, and we're all set to our own homes. Um, and I think the podcast itself kind of posed an opportunity to be practicing those skills that all the lads have probably even not probably even more than I have um, and just to put that to use and, and capture their conversations and I think Raz even from like the space that we've gone to with this series like we've explored so much of mental health um, and kind of the op opportunities that come from being creative and I think that really in a synopsis in a shell is really where we what we hope to achieve with the local training initiative that idea that you get to explore and be creative and kind of the benefits that that has for your own well-being. Um, and you, you probably be also very aware of this one I suppose Aoife the whole need you've got to balance these formal requirements you know of it being an educational process with having the crack and the creativity and the collaboration and all yeah, the rest that goes with what you do. Yeah, finding the balance aim and trying to be able to not kill the lads with documents or... Yeah. Is that anything with the rest of you struggle with, that whole thing? No, hold on, there's a bit of formality about this as well. It's not just about getting together and creating. No. I mean, I think the guys, have, like the facilitators, have tried to remove as much formality as they can and just make it a, a space of... Um, <laughs> where people are comfortable to just be themselves and do what they feel is, is right and, and let their creativity flow. Feel yeah. free to ask questions. Yeah. And just back to, back to something you mentioned um, earlier on in, in the conversation. I know it's, it must be a huge issue, uh, like it is for all sorts of organizations of all types at the moment. Um, so much of what I certainly recall from young Irish filmmakers uh, about the whole collaboration and the energy and the creativity depends on being physically in the one space um, so how how does that how has that impacted on all of you uh, over the last few months um well it's definitely been tough like at least we've like us talking to you now we've had the the podcast but um like in terms of the other people on our course you know they've just been doing documents and you know just sticking to their own stuff but like Yifam have tried to like get us engaged as much as possible like um, there's a guy called Freddie Greenhall who has been doing um, Yifam challenges on Instagram where you like um, you create a 60 second video on a certain topic each week so like a video to your future self or re react I mean recreate a, um, a scene from a movie or something like that so it's just 
yeah you've, you've been given your, your own version of the challenge to be creative in different ways in a, in a sense really mm-hmm. yeah but from yeah. a from a yfm point of view like you being an employee and having a bit of more i suppose responsibility around all of these things has it been possible to keep all the yfm cohesion and creativity and buzz going and then move it all online at the same time it's MR, so it's definitely been tough days, um, really tough days. Um, and just kind of, I suppose, from my own background, I came from like a mental health and wellbeing space, so that even people's heads and that kind of real balance between, like, we're not looking for hyper productivity, but we're not looking for procrastination, and just kind of finding a happy medium that people felt comfortable in. Um, and I think. Yeah, we kind of we tried to rise to the challenge because I think with acting in the sphere and medium of film, um, we did really have fortunately the ability to work in an online space. Um, but we definitely see kind of in reach as well as outreach as equally important and for um, young people to have the opportunity to access resources and stuff and make tutorials and stuff, um, which is which is obviously hugely helpful just to kind of see that kind of growth in health and um, how important mm. to kind of capture that creativity yeah. is during a time like this. Right, right. So we better let you go fairly soon now, but just a couple of last questions before we do go um, and wrap on this particular one. Um, fortunately, no bleeps yet, so let's keep that one going. That's really cool. I'm delighted with that. Um, and I'm not, oh God, I shouldn't have said that probably because we've got a whole slew of them now. Anyway, um, <laughs> important questions. Where can people listen to the podcast? It's on SoundCloud at the moment. So just look up Young Irish Filmmakers on SoundCloud and you'll get them. Yeah, they're fairly there. Grand. So the whole series. How many have been so far? We've done uh, seven. Seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. So there's plenty of listening there for people. We're yeah, on season two at that. the moment. Season two, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you how many? Yeah. Well, actually, that leads neatly into the next question. So where is it all going? Is there a, is there a grand plan around Yifim Cast, or is it just going to go with wherever it goes organically and organically fade away into the background, or what? At the moment, we're thinking of going to Austria Youth, like bring it over to Austria Youth and like seeing oh, what great. we can do with them. Um, yeah. um, like we're probably going to discuss a bit more about like what we can do with it moving forward. Like I, like I'm just new in the project. I only joined in this season. It makes it sound a lot more professional, so we can keep that up. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds like as if you do have a, a plan anyway, and an intention as what to do with it. It sounds like a perfect idea to go and collaborate with. Um, other young people's organizations like that and thanks for that uh, contribution Raz so we've had uh, we've been chatting um, the last few minutes to uh, Raz to Evie O'Brien to Zenis Nicolau if I pronounce it right Zenis uh, Keelan yeah. Donahue to Aaron O'Dea and to Eva Anderson who's um, the Youth Arts Project Coordinator in Young Irish Filmmakers so thanks a million for all of you for joining us here on Community Radio thank with you. Kelly City no doubt we'll be hearing from several or many or all of you again uh, over the airwaves or in various other media so it's been a pleasure talking to you and indeed it was pleasure great pleasure and uh, after the conversation before I left Eve Anderson who's the Youth Arts Project Coordinator there in YIFM just asked me to mention that YIFM is running all of its summer programs online and anyone who's interested can find out more by going online to w or sorry, excuse me to yifm.com 
yifm.com. Adifa also says that YIFM has regular updates on its social media platforms and they're on every single one, I'm sure. Instagram, Facebook and Twitter in particular. You can find them on all of those three. So it's young Irish filmmakers doing a podcast a series that they call Yifmcast. Now, um, we're by the time we probably took another ad break on today's Kilkenny Today and uh, after the next ad break, we'll be back with Angarda uh, Shikana Inspector Anthony Farrell to talk about um, issues, I suppose, arising for the Gardaí, particularly this weekend, as they usually do at long weekends, but particularly in the light of the coronavirus uh, pandemic restrictions. So do stay with us and we'll be back with you in a couple of minutes just after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome back to Kilkenny Today. Morris O'Connor with you as usual. Glad you're able to stay with us um, till the end of the show and indeed hope you will stay with us beyond and all the way through the rest of our programmes for great programmes coming up here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Now joining me on the line and my apologies for holding you on the line and being a little bit over uh, overrun with the last item there is Inspector Anthony Farrell from Angorda Shikona. Uh, can I start by asking you, should I call you Inspector, Inspector Farrell or Anthony or anything else? No, Morris, please, please Anthony, I've called, called lots of things but Anthony is what I go by. Okay, fair enough. Thanks a million, Anthony. I think it's important to kind of clear up those those sort of things. Probably makes for a more natural conversation. Um, one of the things, Anthony, I, I know we, we kind of we're talking possibly going to chat about the, this general slowdown campaign uh, and plans uh, for what you might be doing over the weekend. But um, just in in preparing for this item, I saw a press release on on Garda Shikana's website um, entitled "On Garda Shikana and Road Safety Authority." renew road safety appeal as deaths rise 9% in 2020. I'm stunned. Uh, with, with all the restrictions and the reductions in traffic, what's been happening? Yeah, certainly I suppose that the national trend is that road traffic fatalities are going up and unfortunately it's the same for Kilkenny City, albeit relatively small numbers. As far as year to date, last year there was one fatal traffic collision and, and this year there's been two, so that's an increase of 50%. That's obviously a major concern for us. Anywhere where there's a, a, an increase in fatalities, one is hard to manage as far as I'm concerned. I also just look at a metric there of the number of material damage accidents. And unfortunately for Kilkenny, it's a similar position. The number of material damage accidents has, has increased as far as uh, 273 year-to-date so far. And that's an increase on, on for, uh, 40%. Um, look, we're, we're doing our, our level best. We, we were different mm-hmm. uh, Under different headings, we're trying to, to, to reach out to people. We're trying to educate. We're trying to engage. And obviously from the enforcement perspective as well, where necessary we're issuing summonses, charging people, arresting people, FCNs, whatever uh, we need to do to try and make the road safer. But unfortunately, the, the statistics are trending against us at the moment. Yeah, and how, how much of this has been happening then since the restrictions came into place in um, mid-March? Because that's kind it, of nearly half yeah. of the, the year to date so far. It's very difficult to anchor it down that way, I suppose. Look, statistics, uh, by, by nature, if you, you narrow the, the perspective too much, you lose their, their meaning, you lose sight of it. Certainly since our lockdown, there has been a reduced volume. Um, the country went into lockdown mm-hmm. there, people are probably well aware, on the 27th of March. And, and since then, certainly we have noticed there was a significant increase at the start, but vehicular traffic now has started to increase on the roads now again. So we're, we're hoping it will help us in, 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 in the, the weeks ahead. But it, this is naturally correct in the course of the year, but it is a worrying development that uh, particularly nationally and more especially locally that road traffic fatalities have increased. 
Yes, particularly when, yes, as we say, that the, there has there should have been anyway quite a lesser, a smaller, much smaller, noticeably smaller volume of traffic going on. And I know uh, your colleagues uh, around the country and probably locally too here have been very active on all sorts of media um, promoting the whole, you know, driving safely and slowing down message. And I think I heard some one particular case mentioned of a driver doing over 200 kilometres per hour on the M50 around Dublin, which is absolutely outrageous. I mean, the guy should be locked up. Oh, absolutely, Morris. It, it's always a concern. To, to be fair to people around Kilkenny City, and it's very important to get the message across, the vast majority of people are obeying uh, speed limits, they're obeying the rules of the road, and they're driving in accordance with the conditions, and as they should, there's, it's just a small cohort of people that are, are reckless, and particularly mm-hmm. just breaching the rules of the road, and they're causing the problem, and they're the people we're trying to connect with. It's very important to, to get the message out. It's not a case that there's blatant disregard in the, the road or the highways of, of, of Kilkenny City. The people are adhering to the rules of the road. It's just a small cohort, and these are the people that we're trying to, to correct driving behaviour. If it's a case that, that people see that, don't be afraid to report to decision, and yeah. certainly we'll follow and, up and, and take action. And do you think do you think that there's a certain co- as you mentioned a certain cohort of people that because they see the roads a bit quieter than might be the case normally, they'll put the foot to the floor and say, "Oh, look, there's loads of road space here. I'm just going to really go for it." Yeah, look, certainly there's different reasons why people do it, and certainly the, the reduction in traffic on the roads uh, does mean that, unfortunately, some people drive to excessive speed limits. You give that example up in Dublin, and you can see even on our own Garda Facebook page, we identify speed limits there, and, and we show what, pe- speed, what speed people have been travelling against those limits, including some of the outrageous speeds that are seen on the motorway, which is absolutely reckless. And it's beyond a speeding offence. At that stage, it's dangerous driving. And my mm. roads policing people, including the uniform personnel, if somebody's travelling at an excessive speed, be it on a motorway or a national primary route, they'd be arrested for dangerous driving and they'd be brought before the, the next available court because we cannot put people's lives in danger. The, the, the problem is that not only are they risking their own lives, but they're risking the lives of people in their car. And unfortunately, a, a bystander might become along, be it a, a pedestrian, a cyclist, or maybe an oncoming car. And we can't let that happen. We can't entertain it. And we'll do everything that we can uh, to make sure it doesn't happen mm-hmm. on our roads. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I know, like this, the the weekend we're just starting into now. Bank holiday weekends are usually kind of pinch points for lots of people um, traveling all over the place, and particularly now at the start of the summer as well. Um, leaving aside the whole coronavirus and pandemic restrictions, we'd normally be expecting. I'm sure you would anyway to be seeing lots of road traffic activity. But I, I see a, a report, um, and you may, you may be able to confirm or otherwise this for me in, in uh, uh, just lunchtime from the Irish Times, saying that and Gardaí are going to scale down COVID nineteen enforcement for the June bank holiday uh, weekend and the focus of, uh, of the, yourself and your colleagues will just switch from roads onto um, parks and beaches and beauty spots. Is that actually the case? Is that what's going to be happening? I suppose it's important to note first and foremost to get the guy that you're on the roads. There will going to be checkpoints in place, there will be speed checks in place and the patrols in place and that's always the case. At different times uh, of the year we have different road traffic operations. Since the 20th of March we've been very active and proactive on, on COVID checkpoints trying to make sure and, and preserve I suppose that the, and maybe limit the, the spread of the COVID-19 our focus was always on those checkpoints uh, it was COVID but also mm-hmm. if something did go through for example there was an instance of crime or a road traffic detection uh, that, that would be dealt with at the COVID checkpoints the main theme or trust the checkpoints for this bank holiday weekend isn't COVID but it's focused on our lifesaver offences which is speeding driving on a mobile phone not wearing a safety belt and drink driving. So we're still out there. So when somebody's approaching a car at the checkpoint, they're not wondering what's the team of it. We have our own teams internally that we communicate to our own people and we focus on, on different teams. And that really determines for us where we're going to establish checkpoints, where we're going to establish speed checks. So the team really just determines where we're going to be. But in terms of people passing through the checkpoint, 
um, we'd be looking for, for road traffic offences naturally we'd be looking for COVID and equally if there's a crime element any, any stop or interception we'd be dealing with that accordingly of course so it's kind of it sounds more get, like getting back to more normal um, road traffic policing with the the added element of, of kind of COVID-19 movement awareness around it certainly certainly and, and yeah. everything we do is guide around and I suppose just have our people on the road like that with COVID it's important to acknowledge there has been uh, there's been a very limited number of incidents, and it's five five per county of Kenny COVID-related incidents since the 27th of March. But given the volume of interceptions that we had with people, not only from a road traffic perspective, uh, but also off the roads, given the amount of interactions we have, uh, that is very small, and only one of those five resulted in court proceedings. So you'll see the scale of people, and, and albeit limited movements, we had have a number of actions with people in houses where we're going out talking to them, but are, are we four, four escalating principles on how we deal with these situations, and it's, it's engage, explain, encourage, and enforce. And mm. depending mm. on the failure from engagement, if that fails, we go to the explaining situation and encourage. Uh, there's been only five situations that progressed as far as enforcement, so uh, it's just important. Yeah, and the enforcement, I think it's probably useful to remind listeners that enforcement is, is uh, there at the end of the chain, um, as you, that you, you describe. And I think I did hear on national media as well earlier on another instance of um, uh, some of your colleagues um, stopping somebody or a group of people in the car who are coming or going from um, a house party and I think the, the warning went as far as uh, saying that there was going to be a file prepared for the DPP so that sounds like as if the, they were either not reacting well to the encouragement uh, an encouraging message and a maybe it, it being encouraged not to carry on with what they were intending to do yeah. and landing themselves in, in deeper trouble. Certainly, certainly uh, Mars, uh, we're, we're just finding checkpoints. People are broadly decent. Some are inclined to take a chance. We fully understand that people are in difficulties at home, maybe young kids at school, maybe that people have elderly parents, maybe there's challenges in terms of work or no money coming into the house. So we're very sympathetic to the situation that, that different people have and different situations arrive to us in checkpoints and, and we, we will be very fair to people. But we have a job to do in terms of enforcing the government guidelines and we won't mm -hmm. be found wanting in that area. And it, it is important to say that when we talk to people at the checkpoint, more often than not, somebody puts their hands up and says, look, I probably took a chance, I shouldn't have. We turn them around the road. It's not a case that as soon as we find somebody in the checkpoint, straight away they're arrested and brought back to the guard station. You know, we'd ask people not to take chances. We'd ask people yeah, do, you find, to uh, do you find some people coming up with very creative um, re reasons for themselves that they try and put across to your colleagues uh, on the road as to why, they, why they're making an essential journey? the creativity can be astonishing at all times we don't have to just depend on COVID sure. and it's amazing when somebody's back to the wall what, what people will come up with but broadly people are very decent people you know what I mean in majority anybody comes to a checkpoint they're all compliant it's surprising the amount mm -hmm. of people that does do shift work uh, particularly say on motorway and uh, traffic that's coming down the motorway from Dublin that are finishing night tours be it say, the prison or, or the health service our colleagues in the health service who are doing tremendous work and, and that, that's what we're finding that a lot of the traffic that is moving at the moment is those type of people Certainly now with the, the bank holiday weekend, we're expecting an increase in traffic and some might mm -hmm. be inclined to take a chance and maybe head towards the, the beachward or beach direction or maybe just to, to a lake or, or river, maybe in the local area. So we just ask them just to please, please, please adhere to the guidelines, adhere to the social distancing, no more than four people together and just to be careful because we want to try and prevent the spread of this disease. Mm. I can't let you go, Anthony, without actually um, uh, marking our kind of compliments to yourself and your colleagues, because um, since the start of this, and indeed in general, anyway, um, yourself and your colleagues in Angarda Shikon are, are always there and have continued and probably ramped up the service that you provide in a, in a broader sense to the community since the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has hit us, doing all sorts of things like delivering food and helping people out and in, in lots and lots of ways around the community. So um, our, our congratulations uh, to you for, for that. I think you're all doing a brilliant job. 
Thanks very much, Morris. I really appreciate it. I suppose going to the core of our mission statement of keeping people safe, I suppose it was never envisaged at the start that this is the, the, the type of role or this is the dynamic how it would present people, keeping people safe in terms of the current COVID climate. But we do our best to serve our community. Anywhere we can help people, please don't hesitate to contact us, and especially mm-hmm. older people. If anybody's in difficulty at home, be it, say, they can't get get uh, messages or be it say, may, maybe medicines at home I, I know there's community resilience uh, there's the community resilience team based in Kenny but certainly your local guard station if we can help in any way please 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 don't be afraid to contact us and we'll help any way we can Great well look it's been brilliant talking to you Anthony and I uh, hope you have uh, well I hope you personally anyway have a lovely weekend and indeed uh, your colleagues have a quiet weekend and don't have too much uh, to do and certainly no difficult situations to deal with over the weekend uh, to make it make it easy for themselves as they say I think you all you all deserve a break in there and guard the us. so thanks for joining us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City and Inspector, Inspector Anthony Farrell if you don't mind you giving your, your full formal title Many thanks Mark well, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. So that was, uh, that, as I said, Inspector Anthony Farrell from Ingarda Shikana, just encouraging us all to uh, observe the restrictions, slow down, don't be losing it to run of ourselves on the roads and uh, take it easy over the weekend and leads probably to a safer, more enjoyable weekend um, for everybody. And um, I absolutely am sure that the, the Garda are doing a brilliant job in uh, relation to, to what they do generally and indeed during the pandemic. And that's all we have time for today on today's Kilkenny Today. Um, Maybe just if I can, uh, if I can pull them up on screen in front of me, just to repeat the numbers for you that we gave from uh, Kate Cassidy at the start of the show for herself and her colleague. Um, and where have I got them? Yes, Kate Cassidy, 087-652-9847 or David Phelan, 087-109-8689. If you were pregnant or it's in a household with a woman who's pregnant and you want to give up smoking, uh, ask your healthcare provider, your doctor, your physio, your pharmacist, whatever, and uh, get in touch with them. Or indeed gets Kate's number or David's number and they'd be able to help you out. And the best of luck to you if you do decide to give up smoking. Fair to you. Great commitment to do. That's all we have time for today. I'm going to be back with you, I hope, again on Tuesday afternoon. Next, lovely having you with me for the last hour and I look forward to the next one. Take care and have a lovely weekend. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.